Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined by a very special guest today, Bladen Kirk, co-host of the Stay Hot podcast. These guys, TikTok stars turned podcasters. They talk tons of football and a little bit of basketball, too. They do fantastic work. Bladen is is part of the three-man crew over there on Blue Wire, but... Bladen is also a big Browns fan, so I wanted to have him on the podcast today to you know talk about the Browns. You know, we we've seen seven games, kind of do a little you know mini reset here uh, ahead of the big Steelers game on Halloween. Bladen, how are you doing today, my man? Listen, anytime the Browns are good, I'm good, and this is the best the Browns have looked these past two years. So I can't really complain about life right now. It is an exciting time, relatively speaking, to be a Browns fan, right? Like, even like I, I have never really felt the the feelings. That, the playoff game last year or games were a whole other level of feeling. But even just for some of these NFL Sundays, it's really been a different feeling in terms of like the anticipation going to like the Chiefs game, the Chargers game. I wake up on Sunday and I'm already a bundle of nerves in a way that I I never really was, you know, in the even in like the Derek Anderson years. Oh, no, absolutely. I feel like in the past, like, I always tell people, when the Browns beat the Chargers on Christmas Eve, I cried. Right? Like, that that was like an emotional experience for me. And, you know, beating the Steelers in the playoffs, that was a totally another level of excitement. I just, it it really is a great time to be a Browns fan. But it's also a much more nerve-wracking time. It is. It is. And... To kick things off, I have to ask you, because we were talking before the show, and you said you're not from Cleveland. So how did you become a Browns fan in the first place? (laughs) Well, I'm from Columbus, so I like to say I I got to choose, and I like to think that I chose right. But, you know, most of my family's Browns fans, although I do have a lot of family in Pittsburgh, and they're Steelers fans. So every now and then they uh, they like to tease me, but they can't anymore. I was going to say, uh, so ahead of the game this weekend, how you, how are you, we'll start there. How are you feeling uh, about the Browns' chances this weekend against the Steelers? Pretty, pretty pivotal game, you know, four and three for the Browns coming off that win over the Broncos, but, you know, get the Steelers off a of bye week here, you know, uh, on Halloween of all things. Yeah, playing, playing the Steelers is always going to be a rough game, even when I think we have a better roster than them right now. My biggest concern is I think the only reason we were able to beat Denver, because our secondary, especially our safeties, have been extremely porous. We've been giving up big plays left and right. And I think the only reason Denver wasn't able to beat us is because they were not able to take advantage of the fact that we give up big plays. And I don't know if the Steelers are going to be able to do that with you know Big Ben and his kind of noodle arm at this point in his career. Uh, so I... I I feel confident that we should be able to win, you know, with or without Baker Mayfield, to be completely honest. But I don't know. It's still a little bit of a nerve-wracking game just because the receivers are very good. They still have T.J. Watt, who's a ruthless pass rusher. So it, it, it'll definitely be an interesting game And on Halloween. I think it's uh, funny. Uh, the two scariest pass rushers maybe in football outside of Aaron Donald get to play each other on Halloween. <laughs> that's a that, that's a good point. Yeah, I 
I kind of feel like this is going to be the the Broncos game all over again and that the Browns will just have to play at a, a slightly higher level. I do think, once again, the defense, as you said, the problems with the, the Browns defense are not really going to be threatened by the Steelers. Chase Claypool does present a more difficult matchup, I think, than, than any of the other receivers on the Broncos did. But at the same time, you said it, Big Ben is uh, not really pushing the ball downfield right now. But on the flip side of things, uh, the Steelers' front is much better than the Broncos' front at this point. I don't think the Browns' offensive line will be able to push their way around that easily, too. So I do feel like they, it will have to be a, a slightly better performance, but a relatively similar style if the Browns are going to come out on top. Yeah, no, absolutely. You just got to run the ball, you know? <laughs> if, we're, if we're just gonna hit, no, like seriously, like we have probably the deepest running back group in football. Just, just run the ball. I'm not like if it's Baker and he's like maybe kind of hurt. Maybe, maybe don't push him too hard. You know, if it's Case Keenum, he, there's a reason we call him just in case. Like let's not, let's not try and do anything we're not really able to do right now. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the the Case Keenum. Uh, it, it, he's a backup for a reason. We'll put it that way. I feel like that was on full display Thursday night. Like everything you want out of a backup, like the, the nice, you know, decision-making, he did the short intermediate stuff, right. He didn't screw anything up, but then also like the limitations of a backup. You saw as soon as he tried to like push the ball downfield, it was, it was an uh oh situation where it was no longer uh, what you were looking for. Rolling to his left, trying to find Odell Beckham downfield. That was, that was painful to watch because I, I know Baker can throw that. I've seen Baker throw that. And watching Case Keenum, that should have been an interception. Like if Justin Simmons gets over there a little bit faster, that's a pick. So we probably got away with one there. <laughs> Can't lie. Yeah, probably probably did. And speaking speaking of Baker, well, we we gotta we gotta touch on him. You know, in a micro sense, let's start there. You know, through the first seven games and six games that he played. Where are you at? You know, has this surprised you uh, with Baker so far? How much do you think the injury is involved? Give me your thoughts kind of overall on what you've seen through just the, the first six games. The injury is a little bit concerning, especially considering Odell has claimed to have played on <laughs> a, a torn labrum for 10 years. And I'm like, I'd really not like my starting quarterback to play in a torn labrum for several years at a time. That doesn't sound like a good idea. You kind of need your shoulder at the quarterback position. So, but at the same time, no, I'm not really surprised by Baker thus far. I, I've said, and I said in preseason, I don't think there's a significant difference between like Baker, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr even. And I would say Derek Carr is probably a little bit better. Um, so like to, to this extent, I'm not surprised. But at the same time, I... I've seen Brandon Whedon, you know, I've seen Johnny Manziel, and to to a certain point, I have to be okay with a Derek Carr as opposed to, like, a, a Lamar Jackson, a Russell Wilson. Like, I, I, I'll take it, considering it's been, what, over two decades since we've had anywhere near this level of play at quarterback? Like, I'm not surprised, but I'm not, like, disappointed. Yeah, I think you could argue it goes all the way back, really, to Bernie Kosar in terms of some level of consistency. I was about time. to say, Bernie Kosar is probably the last one. I was probably way undershooting it. Yeah, but definitely since the team has come back, for sure. Yeah, I, you know, 
frankly, I was slightly higher than that on Baker coming into the season. I thought, you know, given how he played the last eight games, given that that he, he showed up in the playoff game, and frankly, given how he came out in the first half of week one, I thought there, you know, given his arm talent, there was a, a slightly higher ceiling there. Now, I do think he has some other physical limitations. I do think, you know, there are some other issues at times with Baker. But I was hopeful that that he would kind of be in the middle ground there, right? You know, not pushing into the top tier of quarterbacks, but kind of be in tier two, if you will. And I'm, after six games, uh, you know, he's really slid more into the, the, the Kirk Cousins territory, as you will. And I think that's an interesting name to bring up as far as taking a look at the macro sense, Bladen, because, you know, it's getting down to it in terms of decision time for the Browns as far as paying Baker Mayfield. And we saw what the Washington football team ultimately chose to do with Kirk Cousins, which was the franchise tag and then let him walk. We've seen what he's done in Minnesota. Where are you at with, you know, you said that that you, you know, uh, you can't complain too much. So are you okay with the Browns extending Baker Mayfield and making him, you know, the, the franchise quarterback here in the long term? Here's the... I, I look at our I look at our history when it comes to drafting quarterbacks, and I'm like, are we really, are we really gonna get it right if if we let this guy go? Like what you you say Washington let Kirk Cousins go? Look look at them. Like have have they it's done bad. anything? They're 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 rolling with like the Alex Smiths, Taylor Heineke. Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, come on, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not settling for Taylor Heineke at quarterback. I'm sorry, I'm not do, I'm not dealing with these like 28 year old rookies anymore. Like, do I want to pay Baker? Not, not really, because we have a lot of guys we have to pay. That Miles contract really hasn't hit yet. Um, I'm pretty sure we haven't paid Denzel yet. No Denzel Ward, um, no Wyatt Teller. Yeah, like. That's a, Wyatt Teller's another one. Yeah, like there are so many guys that need to get paid. It's almost to the point where you wonder what the Odell and Jarvis contracts are looking like as far as what you can do to get out of those or at least maybe get them to take a pay cut, especially, I, especially Jarvis. I think Jarvis is, is making an absurd amount of money. Yeah, I can tell you that I think Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to be on this team next year because of his contract situation. <laughs> There's and, a lot of people that believe both Odell and Jarvis won't be on the team next year. Which is, I, I see that point of view too, just because I, Jarvis is a, is a tough one, right? Because he's getting, you know, I, yeah, it's like $15 million a season at this point, which is, yes, is that an overpay for his skill set in the pure sense? Absolutely. Do I think Jarvis Landry does have some intangibles off the field as far as the leadership, as far as being one of the few guys that was on this team beforehand? Yeah. The question is, what is that ultimately worth when you're a team as good as the Browns? It's not an easy question to answer, I think. But with Odell Beckham Jr., I just find it hard to believe that the Browns are going to keep him on the roster at, at this level of money given the production, because they just have to pay other guys. They may not even be able to pay other guys letting him go. But you look at the future 
uh, of those contracts. And yeah, the, the problem also with letting go both Landry and Odell, as much as I love Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz, like <laughs> it's not exactly like those are A-list receivers that would be replacing them. So they probably have to turn to the And I love, I love Hollywood Higgins. Like Hollywood Higgins, that's my guy. He's been my guy for a couple of years now, but yeah, and he really hasn't even been, uh, you know, a huge factor. I would say so far this season in terms of what I expected, just because I think he's been pushed, not pushed out a little bit by the other guys. But the Browns just have a lot of weapons. They've got multiple tight ends they're using. They've now got Demetric Felton, who's a factor in the receiving game. So Higgins is a guy that I expected to feature more in this offense than than he really has. But I do think the talent is there, and he. You know, speaking of Baker, you know, everybody complains about the the Baker Odell Beckham Jr. chemistry. Higgins and Baker have chemistry together. They they've had chemistry since uh twenty eighteen, I would say even. They had chemistry like right away. Yeah, they they, they always have, right right from basically the first time they connected. And, and Bladen, speaking of, I was looking up the the Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. contracts because I hadn't done it since the offseason and if you're looking at dead cap money next year, $1.5 million for Jarvis Landry, nothing for Odell Beckham Jr. So, yeah, I would say it is uh, looking it's... unlikely that, uh, that <laughs> both of them will be returning uh, for sure. At least one of those you would think is off the books. Like, here's what I'm scared of, right? The Panthers are currently paying Teddy Bridgewater like $17 million to not play for them. And I don't want to be in a position where the Browns are paying a bunch of guys and then they have to let guys go anyway. That's that's my biggest fear. We end up like the Panthers or like, I guess the Rams in, in a sense because they're paying Jared Goff, but the Rams are good, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I... Again, not only these receivers, but I, you know, I think there's a conversation to be had about Benzo Ward. I mean, is he a guy, Bladen, that you would pay? Because he's I've been really up and down this season. He's got a guy with an injury history. He's all he's a guy that I would have said in the offseason is a lot to get paid. They probably didn't want to do it before they figured out the Baker Mayfield situation. But now, if it comes down to a, a crunch, you, I think I would pay Wyatt Teller for sure over him at this point. Yeah, Denzel, Denzel's scary because he locked up Tyreek Hill week one when he was in man coverage on him. There was that one playoffs when John Johnson just got lost. But yeah, Denzel is kind of an up and down guy. The problem with corner is it's really hard to find a top tier guy. And it's really hard to get a guy that can play at not even an elite level, but just like a good level consistently. That that is such a hard thing to do at corner, and even though like Greedy Williams has been playing well this year, um, he's made massive improvements to his game. He's been much more physical, um, and he's just been hanging with receivers better. There was uh, against the Cardinals, they really abused any time he was lined up on AJ Green because he's just too small. But I don't know. My my, if we have to lose Denzel, I guess I'll take it. You know, I'll take that hit. It would hurt. Probably we would feel that. I promise we would feel that. There's going to be a point in time when it's just going to be like Greedy Williams and Troy Hill, and we're we'll like, man, our corners are getting pushed around, and it's just going to suck. Yeah, I again, I would 
my ideal scenario would be to keep both Teller and Ward and Baker and then kind of make some other moves around the margins like we talked about with the receivers and other people. I just you start looking at NFL rosters and the distribution and ultimately it's going to come down a lot too to what they they end up paying Baker Mayfield because we can say pay Baker Mayfield, but Josh Allen's making $43 million. You know, the franchise tag is in the 20s. Is there a middle ground there uh, that the Browns can find as well? I think that's where you have to rely on this front office. And you also have to think about the draft picks going forward, because as we've already seen, this front office has drafted pretty well, which can fill in some of the gaps too. You know, Greg Newsom contributing, JOK contributing. You know, once you pay Baker, you know you're going to have to fall back on those draft picks. But I feel like Andrew Barry so far has been somebody that, that we can trust in the draft, really unlike anybody else at the GM position that the Browns have had these last couple of years. Yeah, I, and Greg Newsom's another guy that uh, I always forget about because he's been just kind of quietly performing pretty well this year. Um, but Greg Newsom, I think, could be a solid replacement for Denzel if it came down to that. I'm currently trying to figure out right now what it would cost or like how much money the Browns would have next year if we were to trade um, Jarvis and Odell or even cut them if we had to. And we would be sitting right around $42 million in cap. Yeah. As opposed to, I think it would, I think we're supposed to be, it saves us like $30 million. Yeah. But it, so you think $42 million in cap, but then, you know, what, again, it depends how they structure the Baker Mayfield contract too, because right. I know there, you know, there's some ways to work around, you know, to get creative. I think, I think ideally, you, seen. I think ideally you, try and backload that as much as possible. Yeah, I think you have to. And then, you know, why again, why Teller, you know, is projected, I think, on spot track at like $11 million a season. So you, you're already running into that 40, you know, that 42 million pretty quickly with just a, a Baker contract to Teller. So if you're going to squeeze Ward in there, again, it would make sense uh, to potentially have to move off both those guys. But I, I do want to circle back a little bit to this season in, in particular, Bladen. So uh, there's been a lot of, injuries there's been a lot of up and down for sure but they're really on the defensive side of the football it's been more so poor play i i think than, than anything else are you a guy that is yeah, i'll put it would you say you're putting more blame on the players or do you have some issues with the coaching as well because there has been a large contingent of, of browns fans that are uh anti-joe woods if you will yeah i was about to say i i see on twitter all the time fire joe woods i'm like you know, maybe to some extent there there could be some bad play call, but I see guys where it's like if you were just like where you were supposed to be, you would be in position. So to me, it just feels like maybe a chemistry issue. Maybe guys just aren't communicating properly right now. And, that's, and I think that's the big thing that um, a lot of people don't realize is defenses take a long time to kind of click, right? Offense is, offense is supposed to be easy. Right, you get in a bunch of, you know, you bring in some receivers, right? That those guys are supposed to kind of get off with that, you know, get off pretty easy. But when you bring in like a whole new secondary, like the Browns did, you you know, you're replacing a lot of guys, right? It's not even just in the secondary; the linebackers too are almost an entirely new group, you know, with the exception of like Taki Taki. So it, it it's definitely it's definitely there's definitely going to be some learning curves and some growing pains. My concern is the injuries, though. I'm not really too worried about the defense long term. I think the players are talented enough 
that eventually they should get it. My concern is we end up like the 49ers. And we're just going to be like, oh, well, if we were healthy, if we were healthy, we'd be back in the Super Bowl, you know? And uh, I've always said that I think um, a lot of times teams and players have a lot, um, have a large role to play in whether or not they're healthy, right? And they don't have total control. There is some luck that's involved, right? Obviously, if you you have pre-existing injuries, you're more likely to get hurt. But if you take a chance on a guy that has an injury history and then they get hurt, you can't be like, oh, well, there's no way we could have known, right? If you don't train properly and then someone gets hurt, it's like, well, there's nothing we could have done, right? There is stuff you could have done and there are measures that you could have taken. And, I, and that's my fear is that maybe our training staff isn't as good as we might think it is. Or maybe we're not taking into account that aspect of it. Yeah, I, that, that's interesting. I, I do think about that a lot, frankly, in the NBA context more than I do the NFL sometimes. And I do think it's, it's an interesting thing in the NFL, too. I know, you know teams will look at the soft injury, you know, soft tissue injuries and stuff like that. As far as the Browns this season, I will say a, a counterpoint to that. The Browns offensive line last season was one of the healthiest offensive lines in the entire league. And this season, that's not the case uh, with the tackles, clearly. But I don't know if that necessarily has to do with the training staff as much as just some of the other stuff that has gone on. You know, Jed Wills, an ankle injury, Jack Conklin. Yeah. I, that, that that, part, that's the other thing. There is some luck involved. And sometimes it's just workload, right? You run block this much. You're in the trenches a lot. Stuff happens. Yeah. For me, the the biggest concern... I am somewhat worried about the injuries, but also I do think the Browns have lucked out as far as most of these are not, you know, season ending type of injuries, right? That all of them for the most part are, okay, yes, this guy's banged up, but like come week 12, could the Browns have a lot of these guys back? Yes. I think that is fair. The Baker Mayfield injury is just the one that that, that concerns me because (laughs) (laughs) it, you know, I, I think the Browns might, uh, I still believe the Browns arguably have the best roster in the NFL outside of the quarterback position, but number one, it's not perfect around him right now, but even, you know, at its current state, I think it's good enough to kind of sneak them into the back end of the playoff picture or at least be close. But if he's going to play as bad as he did the last couple of weeks before sitting down on Thursday night, this team really just doesn't have a ceiling at a, at a certain point. And I do think some of Baker's issues are non-injury related. I think some of them are decision-making and, other, and in pocket feel and some of those things. But I do think some of it is also the injury. And that part, I just, I, I don't know how it gets better. Uh, maybe, you know, I know he said there's some other stuff outside of the torn labrum going on. Maybe that's able to heal over time or he's able to, to reduce the pain and swelling to some degree. And so the shoulder doesn't pop out of place. But that's the one where I'm like, OK, if Baker is going to play like a bottom third of, of the league quarterback, the, you know, the last half of the season. Not to say this team's dead in the water, but there's just no way to compete against the Chargers the Ravens, the Bills. There's just no way, even if you have a a better roster outside of the quarterback spot. And it, yeah, you know, you know, we can talk about the Ravens competing against the Ravens. Shoot. Can we compete up against the Bengals at this point? I mean, the Ravens couldn't even hang with the Bengals. So that's another team. Now we have to worry about. Do you think the Bengals are for real? Because I, I, I'm not to say that I've been throwing shade at the Bengals the last couple of weeks, but I do think it's a little blown out of proportion how good they've been so far because I think they've gotten some pretty favorable matchups as far as what they do well 
And I, I was surprised about this Ravens result, for sure. I thought the Ravens were going to be able to pressure Burrow a lot more than they did. But to me, I still look at that Bengals offensive line, and you cannot tell me that is going to hold up when it really, when push comes to shove against the very best teams in the NFL. I just, I just don't see it. You know, it, it's interesting because the Bengals on paper, I didn't think their roster was that good. I thought they were going to go like 3-14, and 14, maybe they get 4. Uh, now they're 5-2. and two. And you look at the rest of their schedule, and they play the Jets. Then they play the Browns, which, you know, the Browns are the Browns, and we should be able to get a, a solid win there, hopefully. If the Bengals are actually really good, then maybe we don't. Uh, then they have the Raiders, and the Raiders are supposedly good. They're also, you know, apparently good, which makes no sense. Then they have the Steelers. Then they have the Chargers and 49ers, and I think the 49ers are pretty fraudulent. And they have Denver. They can beat Denver. Like, their schedule's not that... It's it's like, oh, is this sustainable? It's like, who are they playing that's, like, really devastating? <laughs> not not really anyone. Outside, outside of the Chargers, I'm not really scared of, like, they play the Ravens again. Then I assume the Ravens will come out and probably play a little bit better than they did last time. They play the Browns twice. And I guess the Chiefs, who have the worst defense I've ever seen... Like, are, is is there any game on this schedule that you're like, yeah, there's no way they win this game? I don't think so. Yeah, as I pulled up, the the, the beauty of a fourth place schedule, uh, Bladen, is <laughs> yeah, the Jets next week. Uh, I mean, there are I saw already in Vegas they're a huge favorite against the Jets. That they get the Browns at home first. And then, you know, on the road in Las Vegas, at home against the Steelers, at home against the Chargers, at home against the 49ers. Like, there is a real possibility I'm going to look stupid and that they're going to (laughs) be, you know, they're going to win the next four or five games and really be, you know, nine and two or something like that at the top of the league. I just... I look at a team with an offensive line that bad, and maybe this is just the old school in me, but I just... I find it hard to believe a team that does not have a top 10 offensive line is going to to live at the top of the AFC. But maybe they just, you know, Burrow's getting the ball out fast enough. They've got enough weapons that they can overcome that. Obviously, the defense is better than anybody thought. That part I will already concede. They're getting way better play out of their corners than I thought. Way better pressure than I thought. I just, right. I am shocked at how well this offense is performing. I still can't really, play, you know, wrap my head around so, this. So, yeah. So, the thing about the offensive line, they play the Browns. Miles Garrett's going to get work. They play the Steelers. TJ Watt's going to get work. They play the Chargers. Bose is going to get work. Like, they, they play teams where, like, they have elite pass rushers. So we'll, we'll get to see how good this offensive line really is. Um, I, I think the big thing is going to be, first of all, Joe Mixon's been balling. Jamar Chase has been balling. And it, I don't think it really matters how much pressure you get. If, they're gonna, if they can get the ball to those guys anyway, it's it's going to be hard unless you can stop those guys. Yeah, the the Jamar Chase pick has worked out. I think better than than anybody would have anticipated. But but let me ask you this: uh, you know, in, take in the AFC as a whole, is there a team that you think is overrated? Out of that top group, if like if you had to pick one of like the Chargers, the Ravens, you know, the Bills, all those top teams, is there one that you could see falling off the pace here that, you know, we'll look back in a couple months and you're like, eh, they're not as good as everybody thinks they are? Um, I think a lot of people already are kind of 
knocking off the Ravens because it's very clear that Lamar Jackson is basically the entire team and you get the occasional Hollywood Brown highlight. But it's mostly just like, if if you go back and watch like the Detroit Lions game in, par- in particular, almost every single play, the Lions have like three guys with eyes on Lamar Jackson at all times. And there's one play where they take eyes off Lamar and he runs for 40 yards, right? And and that is, that is that's basically the entire Ravens offense. It's, oh my gosh, we have to protect against Lamar. And Lamar Jackson opens up their run game so much. And then he's also passing better than he has in his entire career. His passing on the perimeter is was well, already one of the best, but now he's seeing stuff over the middle with high with high efficiency. So it's like it, the 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 Ravens are are Lamar, <laughs> and that that's the that's the biggest problem is outside of Lamar they're not playing well at all. So I, if there's any team where it's like maybe count them out it's Baltimore but I think people already are kind of counting them out so I don't even know if that's like overrated at this point yeah my, my feeling with the Ravens has always been and I keep saying this on the podcast it's just Lamar provides a floor in the regular season that people just keep not rating highly enough like he is such a problem in, in the regular season that he is just going to carry that team to a, a certain offensive threshold that is going to put them in, in positions to win football games. And so whenever I, I think there were some people that thought they would take a step back this regular season. I was not one of those people. I, I really thought they would be right there in the double digit win category again. To me, their problem all- win I thought they would win the division. Legit, yeah, like, I, I was I was I was big on like, oh, Marlon Humphrey's gonna have a great year, which he has not. I was big on like, oh, Bateman. Bateman's gonna be awesome, like upgrade a receiving core. Um, but no, it's just been Lamar and it's been the Lamar Jackson show all year long. Yeah. I think I had them at 10 and seven and the Browns at uh, 11 and six only because too, I thought the, the schedule honestly favors the Browns. Like when they're playing the Ravens too, this whole nonsense of the, the Browns playing the Ravens, getting a buy and playing them again. When the Ravens have to play the Steelers in between those two games, that's ridiculous. Uh, it works out in the Browns favor, but so that's why I picked the Browns at the beginning by a hair, but yeah, I thought the Ravens were going to be good. Uh, to me, the, their problems all come down to the playoffs, and we've seen it as far as when you know teams have been able to make some adjustments there and then sneakily take advantage of their defense as well. I feel like that's kind of under-discussed as part of the Ravens' flaws in the playoffs as well. But, you know, Wink Martindale loves to blitz a lot. Teams kind of are able to adjust to that as, in the playoffs as well. But either way, uh, yeah, they're a team – I get it. I get they have all the injured guys. I, their team is not playing well. You're right. Like, they they did not deserve to beat the Lions. They did not deserve to win a lot of these games. It's just that Lamar gets them close enough that they're in all of these one-score games. And yeah. sometimes they, they manage to pull it out. Sometimes they don't. But I'm not giving up on them completely yet. For me, it's the Titans. I, I know they've beaten the Bills <laughs> and the Chiefs the last two weeks. And I know everybody loves Derrick Henry, but... Ryan Tannehill has not played at the level he has the last couple of seasons. That defense can still get run on a ton. The Bills and the Chiefs both don't run the football very well, but guess what? A lot of the other AFC teams do. So if they play anybody else, I think that's going to be a challenge for them. So I get it. They've beaten the two teams that everybody had penciled in at the top of the AFC you know, to start the season, but I, I am still a, a, not a Titans believer. The Titans are tough because Tannehill is again Baker Mayfield-esque Kirk Cousins-esque like you get what you get with Ryan Tannehill but Derrick Henry is a freak 
this is the only running back in the league that I think can handle a 400-touch workload consistently. And he's he's the only running back I've ever seen to handle the workload that he's handled for his entire football career since high school. And he's healthy all the time. No, Like, no injury problems. This guy is a freak of nature, and he's on pace for like 2,200, or he was on pace before last week for like 2,200 yards and 20 touchdowns. That's nuts. Would you have him as your MVP so far this season, or are you more of a, a quarterback guy? All right. I, 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 would, I would give it to Lamar today. I feel similarly. And then I think, I know Kyler's getting a lot of love, uh, and he has been good so far. I mean, he's obviously been great so far this season, but I do think he's got a lot, you know, working around him right now. And we'll see how the Cardinals fare over these next couple of weeks. I think, you know, I still think Aaron Rodgers honestly has a case to be heard from. I know he's like not really getting the shine because I think he's behind Lamar, Kyler right now, maybe Dak as well. But I think he would be my sneaky underdog pick. But I agree with you. I think Lamar Jackson would be my pick too. Lamar, if we're talking strict strictly value, it's Lamar Jackson, and it's not even close. You know, but if people want to, which it's going to go off like the the best team and the quarterback that has the best numbers or whatever, it's going to be like Kyler or Tom Brady. And, and that's just how it's going to roll because that's how the NFL works and that's how the MVP award works. Which I, I don't know. I don't have as big of a problem with it as everybody else does that it's always a quarterback. I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's a quarterback because I watch the games and, and that's what matters the most. Like I was I, – I, I'll never forget this because it was, it was just a couple of weeks ago and it's really sticking with me. I was a guest on a Chargers podcast and we were going through the game predictions and I was laying out all the reasons why I picked the Browns. And he then said, yeah, I'm picking the Chargers. And he goes, you're right about everything, but we have Justin Herbert. And I was just like, yeah, you know, like that is at some, like it's simple, it's reductive. But at some point he was just like, yeah, I think our quarterback is going to find a way to win the game for us at the end of the day. And you guys have the advantage here, here and here, but, but we've got the guy that I think is the best quarterback in this game. And at some point, I think, you know, when you're looking at the MVP, it's kind of it's kind of like that. It's like, OK, the team that won the most, the quarterback contributed to that the most. Like, I get that's not like the most fun answer, but usually that's how it goes. <laughs> no, you're yeah, it's not the most fun answer all the time. Like, honestly, like, here's the thing. Like, if Derrick Henry had 2,200 yards and 20 touchdowns and the Titans were like a four seed. Yeah, they're they're I think he wins MVP. Without a doubt, because I don't. Again, I don't think Tannehill is playing at that level where you're like, yeah, no, Tan Tannehill's a big reason why why the Titans are a playoff team. It's like no, but Derrick Henry, yes. If the yeah. Titans, if the Titans are like a really good team for like the rest of the season, he's the MVP. It's possible. I just again, I don't, I don't see it with the team either. So I, I think ultimately he'll fall out of this yeah. conversation. Who? But only time will tell. Uh, Layton, before we go, I got a last uh, question for you. Browns, Browns related this time. We'll we'll bring it back and, and end things with the Browns. Do you think this team is still going to make the playoffs based on on the schedule, based on everything else? I think that that's the one debate we were having to end our our last podcast. Is is this Browns team still going to end up in the playoffs? That is that is the question, isn't it? Coming into the season, I knew we were going to have one of the hardest schedules in the NFL. The, the entire AFC North actually collectively has the hardest schedule in the NFL. Like, if you were to average all the schedules in each division, the AFC North has it the hardest. Um, but the Browns, 
in particular have it rough. So we have the Steelers this week on Halloween, which I think we should be able to win that game at home. Then we go to Cincinnati. That's going to be a tough game. Then we go to New England. We should win that game. I want to think it'll be a tough game, but we should win that game. Then we have the Detroit Lions. Now, the Browns lost to the Jets last year. I'm not saying we're going to lose to the Detroit Lions, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying we did we did have our entire receiving core out in that game due to COVID. I'm hoping, and, knock on wood, that doesn't happen again in this game. And the way this year is going, it wouldn't surprise me if we faced a similar situation against Lions. Um, then we go to Baltimore. Then we have the bye week. Then we take Baltimore at home. We'll probably split those. Um, that's the one team that we haven't been able to beat yet. Right, that's that's the that's the big playoff game, right? Everyone wants to talk about like, oh, well, you guys can't beat the Chiefs. It's like, eh, not really worried about. That. I'm worried about Baltimore. I'm worried about can we beat Baltimore one time? We beat the Steelers twice last year. We beat them in the playoffs. We can't beat Baltimore. If we can't beat Baltimore, I have no faith. Right, I, like. Trade Baker Mayfield, draft Matt Corral, like at that point. Like oh, it's almost, wow. Oh, wow. It's, almost, it's almost like blow it up time if we can't beat Baltimore at least once. Come on. Uh, then we have the Raiders at home, which that's a winnable game. Now, this is an interesting one. Green Bay at Green Bay on Christmas. Do you think Baker Mayfield goes throw for throw with Aaron Rodgers? Not in terms of throw for throw, <laughs> but I, what I do know is that the Browns have, have Nick Chubb and Cremont. Hopefully, that they will do. be healthy by that point, and the Packers do uh, not have a good run defense, so that, that could play a factor, but we'll, we'll see how things play out. That's a long, the Packers a long way notorious. off from now. The Packers are notorious for having awful linebackers. We, I, I would like to see the Browns just run all over the Packers. That, that should be ideal. Um, but again, it's like... That's what you wanted us to do against. That's what you would want us to do against, like the Chiefs too, and it just doesn't matter because our defense. If our defense in the secondary cannot stop letting up big plays, we're losing to Green Bay. We're probably losing to the Bengals at least once. We're probably losing. We might even lose to the Raiders because Derek Carr can sling it. We might lose to the Ravens both times because Lamar Jackson can sling it. If our defense can't step it up with, like, John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, they have to play better. They have to get on the same page. And if that doesn't happen, I don't know what to think. But should should we be a playoff team? Yes. We have too much talent. Our coaching is, we have the reigning coach of the year. We are too good at too many places to miss the playoffs. But it is a very real possibility. And again... My biggest fear is that we end up like 49ers fans. We're like, well, if this had happened and this had happened and all these things that were within our control had <laughs> we had taken care of, I don't know. It's, I, it's the schedule is much harder than I thought it was going to be. I mean, even looking backward, I thought Arizona, you know, ahead of the season was not going to be a, a team that I was all that worried about. Of course, they come in undefeated. See, it, that's that's where we differed is I, I had Kyler Murray as my dark horse MVP and Cliff Kingsbury as my dark horse coach of the year. So I was all I was scared about uh, Arizona from the jump. <laughs> yeah, see, I 
I'm not a Kingsbury believer. See, really where it comes down for me is I'm not a Kingsbury believer. And so I don't really look until this year, their offenses had not been very good. And despite, despite Kyler's brilliance, uh, they just hadn't been very good. And I was like, Hey, like, what do we think is going to change here? Turns out Kyler took a step up that their team, their the team around him took a step up and obviously they had been off to the races since the start. So I've had to eat crow uh, considerably on the Cardinals. Cause I thought I was like, Hey, when JJ Watt signed with the Cardinals, I was like, Hey, you just signed with the fourth best team in that division. Like I get it. Like they have an exciting quarterback, but they are, they're also the fourth best team. Turns out they're not the fourth best team in that division this year. Nope. Uh, and then going forward. Yeah. The, the Bengals, you pencil them in as two wins and you're like, wait a second. They're actually way better than we thought. The Raiders way better than we thought. So, yeah, the schedule's not as easy. At the same time, I do think, yes, the roster talent is still there. I have faith in the coach. And I do think something that also will favor the Browns as time goes along is they play in the AFC North. It's going to get cold. They run the football really well. And as uh, you know, that it will be an advantage that I think does play out eventually here is that they play a lot of games where they are going to be at home or in other places that are cold weather games. So I almost think like in the reverse situation of last year, where it was like really frustrated when we played a couple games where Baker couldn't throw the ball at all. Cause it was like, you know, wind winds of 30, 40 miles an hour. I almost feel like that plays in the Browns favor this year. It's like, Hey, we, we have a little bit of a, a deep secondary issue and a little bit of a deep downfield problem throwing the football, like bring on all the weather. And then I think that could carry the Browns across the finish line. Yeah. That that's, Honestly, yeah, that's the hope at this point. It's just that other teams just can't throw it. I want 50-mile-an-hour wins every game. <laughs> Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, healthy. We're, we're running it 40 times every single game. I love it. I, 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 I love nothing more than watching the Browns pound the football. And I do think, hey, over the next four weeks, like just looking at you know little stretch, like Steelers, Bengals, Patriots, Lions, like two and two feels very reasonable. And, and they'd still be above 500 going to those Ravens games at three and one feels very possible there still. So I, I do think it, even though the Browns are banged up, it's like the schedule just it doesn't scare me that much in the short term. It gets way worse after that. I understand that. But I'm hoping the Browns will be healthier by then. Yeah. When you when you take a step back and you look at the schedule like, man, this is this is not ideal. But when you like you take a game by game, you're like, OK, yeah, I can see how we win this one. I can see how we win this one. And before you know it, you're like, okay, we're for like five and L, you know? Yeah. So I've, t- I've talked myself and them still going nine and eight or 10 and seven and, and making the playoffs. So I do think that's the hope, my slightly optimistic, but trying to be a realistic outcome for this right. team. And, and then I think that, you know, they, they will hopefully have improvements made throughout the season and a good enough coach that I think they could go on the road and win a playoff game. But we'll just have to see. I predicted the Browns to win the Super Bowl this year. So. Wow, that is a uh, – I love it, first of all, <laughs> These as are a Browns fan. high but, aspirations. It's the but, first year that I'm actually able to preseason predict the Browns to win the Super Bowl. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. You're like, you got to take advantage of it. I mean, yeah. you, you only you – know, who knows how long that will last. So, you exactly. know, you got to you take that opportunity. That. And look, it's better than, than, than Bill Simmons predicting the Patriots were going to win the Super Bowl because that was <laughs> – that that's one that's just been like a sidebar in my friend group that we've never gotten over because he said they were the, he called their backfield, the thinking man's Chubb and hunt. And then he called their offensive line, <laughs> the best offensive line in the league. And we, and then I, I just, at that point, I was like, wait a second, what are we talking Hon- about here? Honestly, the Patriot, the Patriots offensive line, I thought would be a lot better than it is. 
Yeah, it's it hasn't even been like that great this season, and I also thought it's it was going to be better. But now it, it's hurt right now, so maybe maybe that's part. But even like when it was healthy, it, like it wasn't that good. It like couldn't run the ball at all. Yeah, I I was like, yeah, we will we will be ending the conversation when you say something like the thinking man's chum. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, absolutely not, absolutely not. All right, Bladen, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Before you go, tell all the people where, where they can find you on social media and check out the podcast. Pretty much all of my accounts are at Bladen K, B-L-A-I-D-E-N-K, except for my Twitter, which is just at Bladen. And then, of course, the uh, Stay Hot Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at, at Stay Hot Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at, at Stay Hot BW for Blue Wire. Fantastic. Yeah, you got to go check those guys out. They do great work uh, all throughout the NFL season. It's a lot of fun to, to hear you, to hear Theo and Matt talk about all of the NFL. So I'm glad I got to branch out a little bit today as well and kind of give some takes on, on the rest of the league. So this was a lot of fun, Bladen. Thanks for coming on. And then for the listeners, we will be back with a, a Steelers preview. It'll It'll drop Friday morning ahead of this big showdown on Halloween. So until then, everybody, take care.